Today on Bridges, we're going to talk about freedom from false beliefs and abuse. Welcome to Bridges. I'm Monica Schmelter. I'm so glad that you could join me today on Bridges. We bring you hope for the journey. And today is really all about a freedom story. I have two amazing guests with some really great stories of how they said yes to God and just done incredible things. And Susan, it's just so good to have you again on Bridges. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. You know, I just really, I applaud you, you know, as the founder and the president of Blue Monarch for saying yes to God. and helping to bring freedom to women and their children. Thank you. It's been an incredible journey. Yeah, I bet. You know, just what God asked you to do. And Jesse, so you've got quite a story um, about your, you know, your life and false beliefs and abuse. Would you tell us about that? Um, Well, I think the false beliefs really um, came from my background. Like I was raised by a single mother um, who struggled with her own addiction. So that's where those false beliefs really came from. And it led into my own addiction, which led into the abuse. Yeah. So when, like your mom having an addiction and false beliefs, like what is an example of a false belief? Um, That I could never amount to anything. So you felt like that as a kid? Yes. And that kind of led you into your own addiction as you grew up or did that start when you were a child? Um, That started when I was a child because that is all I had seen was um, my parents, both of them. My dad wasn't really involved, um, but he struggled with addiction and was in and out of jail. So for everyone in my family, like that was the path that they chose. So I thought, you know, that's what I was going to be stuck with. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of, even though that's not the normal, that was your normal. Yes. And you sort of just grew into that. Hmm. Did you ever have hopes growing up that you would do anything else, or did you just, did you always feel stuck? I felt stuck. Mm-hmm. How did you come to Blue Monarch? Um, well, that's actually a very interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm originally from Alabama, but in my addiction, I hopped from state to state. Um, and I lived in Tennessee whenever I was 16 with my mom. I went everywhere with her, which state to state. Um, so I was arrested in Bedford County Jail, which is it's Shelbyville. So coming here, I knew I was pregnant before I went to jail, and I knew there was I needed to do something different in jail. So you got arrested, and you were pregnant. Yes. Oh my goodness! And so that kind of made you think I need to do something about my life because you were pregnant. Absolutely, and this was my second child, and I didn't have custody of my first one because I lost her due to being homeless and on drugs. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of pain. Yes. Yeah. So you're in Bedford County Jail? Yes. And what happens? Um, well, while I'm in jail, I learn about the ministry of Blue Monarch. And one of the women that is a staff member at Blue Monarch was talking to one of the women that I was in the cell with. And, you know, she kind of let me know, like, hey, you need to apply for this place. If you really want help, then I can, you know, help you get the application submitted. And she did just that. When I got out, um, Unfortunately, I'd relapsed. I went back to the same place that I was at, so I didn't have, you know, a stable place to go. So my next, you know, consideration was abortion. Mm -hmm. So, like, I was a couple weeks from doing that until I got the phone call Mm -hmm. that I was accepted. Wow. But you were still using drugs at that time. I was still using drugs. 
So Susan is the founder and president. So do women come and they're still actively using drugs or how do you, what do you do? No, um, they have to be able to pass a drug test before they actually move in. Okay. And so in a case like Jessie's, then we would re uh, refer her to like a detox. Yes. And so then by the time that she would come to Blue Monarch, then she would be able to pass a drug test. Exactly. Okay. So did you go to detox? No, I struggled to stay clean, mm -hmm. um, making it to Blue Monarch to the interview to pass the drug screen. Yes. So I made it that entire week. So you entire just kind week. of cold turkey did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So when you get to Blue Monarch and you're pregnant, how did that go for you? Well, it was hard, um, which I still get very emotional talking about it, sure. um, coming and not having my first child. So I'm seeing all the ladies around me get reunited with theirs, and it was it was really tough for me. But having you know having being pregnant and knowing I'm about to have a baby, that's what you know. That's why I held on. That's how I was able to hold on. Yeah. So you were holding on for for you, the baby that you're carrying, and did you have hopes that you would see your first child again? I had um, a small amount of hope just because I was at Blue Monarch, and I knew like you know. The reason I was doing it, it was genuine. Like, I really wanted to change. Mm -hmm. So I knew God would honor that. Um, before I didn't have a relationship with Jesus, I knew, like, there was a God. But I yeah. never had a relationship with Him. So when I got there, you know, that hope was there, but I didn't really know where it was coming from. Uh, that makes any sense. So you didn't, you didn't grow up in church, so to speak. So you, you kind of thought there was a God, but you didn't know mm. how to personalize that? Right, like I had been to a church a couple of times and it was really only ever to get, you know, my family struggled and we had government assistance from time to time. So it was always usually trying to, you know, get clothes for the winter yeah. or, you know, just get food from the food pantry. Mm -hmm. um, so I had been a few times and my grandmother on my dad's side, she read the Bible and she could quote scripture, but it's just like their lifestyles. You know, so I really didn't know who God was, but I knew that whatever was happening, it wasn't, you know, right. Yeah, yeah. Is this something that you see a lot at Blue Monarch, that women kind of maybe for a pregnancy or for whatever reason um, start to have hope and come to the program? Well, it's an incredible thing to watch because a lot of times they show up with very little hope but they must have seen something or they wouldn't have right. sought us out. Right. And so Jesse's example is so great because I think that it was a, a lesson in faith for our entire staff because we struggled with her as she was trying to regain custody. And it was like we were doing all the right things, but it still wasn't happening. And then it's almost like in God's timing, kaboom, he just does it in yeah. a way that we never expected. Yeah. And so she was finally uh, reunited with her daughter, which was powerful. How many days were you apart? Um, 1,592 days. You know, to be exact. To be exact. So yes. I saw a picture of you with your daughter, and she was holding that sign that it was 1,500 however many days, and I just cried. I just thought of a child being pulled from their mom for that many days for their heart and their trauma. And then for you, you know, and then you're carrying a second child. It's like not only are you dealing with an addiction and that you've been incarcerated, but you have children. Um, and being a mom is a powerful thing and a mother's love, you know. I just think I'm just so glad that they got you to Blue Monarch. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> 
Well, you know, we've had close to 350 children that have been reunited with their moms through our program. And one of the most amazing things that I see is that it doesn't matter how, how long that separation has been, that child will still be drawn to their mother Absolutely. as if they haven't missed a beat. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. And the reunification with your daughter, I mean, it's, it, with Jessie's daughter, it's really been a beautiful thing to watch, and she's become a really amazing big sister, too. And so you said that you guys, you were doing all the right things for her to get custody. Like, obviously, she, she was clean, and you're making progress, and you're ready to parent. Um, but it just wasn't coming the way that it should, and well, then God just did it? I tell you, it is a difficult thing navigating reunification with especially when there's when you have totally you know you've lost custody it's not easy and honestly without the team that we have to surround a woman i don't know how a woman is able to jump through all those hoops right without the all the transportation and all the things that they need yeah. but we were doing all the right things but it just you know there's so many players involved in a situation like that there's the the judge, the guardian ad litem, the foster parent, the, or in this case, family. Yeah. And it's just, it's a difficult thing. And it, and it looked, I hate to say it looked hopeless, but you could easily say it looked hopeless. Mm. And then it was just an amazing miracle the way it came together. I think a lot of people don't realize that, like, once you get in the system, it's really hard to get out of the system. And if you're already struggling, right, and you're in Blue Monarch, you probably don't have transportation. You probably don't have hours and hours to spend on the phone. People don't realize it's like, that's why I appreciate Blue Monarch and places like it so much because if someone hits that bottom, they're gonna stay there unless there's some way to help lift them back up. And that's what you're doing because you said yes to God. Now you, you talked about in your story, and I know that this is hard for you, so you don't have to talk about anything you don't want to false beliefs, like how you grew up, but abuse. Did that happen when you were little or an adult? Um, it happened whenever I was an adult. Um, it was Shaylee, which is my first child. She was about two whenever, well, when, whenever this happened. I had um, been in a relationship with this man um, going on a year. He had been in and out of prison. He actually was the one that supplied my family's addiction. Um, so he was like your boyfriend and like the drug dealer to your family mm -hmm. so you you guys shared a drug dealer mm. okay that hmm. well now hard. that's something we see a lot yeah. like a lot of our women have been taught to use drugs by a parent or a grandparent Aww. and a lot of times at the age of 11 for whatever mm -hmm. reason that is that seems to be a real common age but I'm so sorry it's okay <laughs> But you must have thought it was normal. Oh, yeah. Right? And that's just what you do. So then what happens with this boyfriend? Um, well, at the time we were both using, of course. Um, and then we had a lot of problems within our relationship. Like neither one of us were faithful. So it was super paranoid, especially considering the substance. Um, well, may I ask what you were using? Methamphetamines. Okay. So that made him super paranoid mm -hmm. and always thinking that something was going on. So... Um, this actually happened on a Friday during the summertime at 10 o'clock at night, and no one was to be around, which was completely insane because it's, it's the summertime. You know, normally all the kids are out, everybody's out. 
um, what had set the entire thing off is he was supposed to be leaving, and I decided I wanted I wanted to spend time with my daughter while she was, you know, at my aunt's house. Um, and, you know, he just couldn't believe that for anything. So, which I'm, I'm going to skip over the, the details and just go sure. straight to the, the incident. Sure. So I decided to stay there, and he completely flipped out. Mm. So he dragged me by my hair. My aunt was on the front porch. He dragged me by my hair to the back door. He grabbed two knives, one to my throat and went to my stomach and pulled me outside and somehow my aunt didn't hear that so I'm on the back of the the apartment the little concrete slab and I go from one place to at least three other places while he has cut me several times and the adrenaline was just you know I didn't even feel him cut me and I'm telling you like the scars that I have on my face you know I you know I didn't think that they would heal as as good as they did but um I was held in the woods for eight hours. Oh my goodness. We've got to take a break. I want you to stay with us today on Bridges. When we come back, we're going to continue to hear Jesse's freedom story. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. If you enjoy watching Bridges, you can join Monica on Facebook for all the extras. Just visit Facebook and search for Monica Schmelter TV. At Monica Schmelter TV, you'll get a look behind the scenes. You'll learn secrets from the studio, and you'll be among the first to know what's coming up next on Bridges. Best of all, you can connect with Monica for prayer and share what topics you'd most like to see on Bridges. Monica would love to connect with you. Don't give in. God's Word says you're an overcomer. If you hadn't done blah, 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 this wouldn't have happened. And let me say this to you. If you think that you are in a mess of your own making, you are still an overcomer. When that temptation comes, you want to make sure that you are dressed for battle. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. It takes training. It takes discipline. And so when you're fighting that good fight of the faith, you take your story, whatever it is, and you saturate it in faith, and you fight for it. Visit monicaschmelter.com to schedule Monica to speak at your next event. Today on Bridges, we are talking about freedom from false beliefs and abuse. And I know that it can be a really tough subject to talk about, uh, but what we want to focus on today is the freedom that we have in Christ, no matter how we started out in life, um, that doesn't have to be 
the entire part of our story. And Susan, I appreciate you coming out, you know, as the founder and president of Blue Monarch. And as I was listening to Jesse talk about her abuse and like being held hostage really in the woods for eight hours, how does that affect you as the, as the leader of the ministry? Uh, you know, I think one of the things that really has surprised me through the years is just whatever whatever we typically hear about and see on television and that kind of thing doesn't come close to what is really being done to people out yeah. there. And so we have served women who have been stabbed and shot. And one of the things that is very common is brain injury from so many blows to the head and that kind of thing. So the fact that... Um, I think one of the things that really causes me to admire the women that we serve so much is that you would think that having gone through something like that, how can she get a smile on her face? Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's one of the things that really amazes me is how do you overcome that and have a smile on your face? It's incredible because some women, they think they've had a bad day. (laughs) They didn't have a bad day compared to that. Right. Because we don't have that frame of reference. Mm -hmm. You know, like when I hear you say, Jesse, well, uh, my boyfriend did drugs, my family did drugs, we all did them together and he supplied it. It's like, that's outrageous to most people, right? For most people, if teenagers or young adults are doing drugs, their parents don't approve of that. You know, they're very upset. There's like all of that. But your story is one that that's just what you grew up with and that's part of the false beliefs. You just thought that's where you would be forever. And then abuse and, um, you know, Susan, one of the things that people will say, well, why do you keep going back to the abuser? Mm -hmm. Because to a person that's in their right mind, that doesn't make sense. But if that's what you've lived all your life, that does make sense. Well, it's familiar. Right. And that's the thing that has really been amazing to me is that there, I feel like whatever is familiar, they're drawn back to that like a bungee cord. And so one of the things that I love about what we do is that we change the bungee cord Mm -hmm. for the children that we serve. So they will be drawn naturally back to what we have at Blue Monarch, which is so much healthier. Mm -hmm. And we do see that and we hear children now as teenagers who lived with us as toddlers and they will describe that, that Mm -hmm. they wanna always have that kind of home, which is great. Um, Because see, like your children, they're not gonna know that chaos. So they're gonna be drawn back to what they know now. Right, that's right, because they grew up Mm-hmm. they're young and they're growing up healthy mm-hmm. and they're growing up in the fear of the Lord. And, and that's what God wants for all the children. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just, I just like to give people a glimpse of like, this is what can happen to people because I've heard these thoughts like this. Once you're an addict, you're always an addict. Mm-hmm. And you know, once you're in abusive, like if that's your life, you're just there. Like freedom is not possible. Or what do you say to that? Well, (laughs) I'll think of a nice way to say what I say to that (laughs) because I get really upset about that. Um, I think in the beginning when I kept, you know, I knew nothing about addiction, knew nothing about recovery. And the thing that really troubled me was that I kept hearing women say, but I'm an addict. Um, I'm an addict for life. It's a disease. That's just who I am. And what I saw was that it became an excuse for any kind of behavior. Like, I can't help it. I'm an addict. And it made no sense to me, but I also felt like, you know, I, most people 
will agree that yes, God can heal. God can even heal cancer and amazing things. Mm -hmm. Well, how does it make any sense that God can do all that, but he'll say, but all of you addicts step over there. I'm sorry, I can't help you. Right, right. It makes no sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. Well, we've got construction going on next door, so those are the noises, but it makes no sense because cancer is also a disease. Mm -hmm. And I know, and I've seen God heal that. I've seen even people like in stage four when they say it's too late, I've seen those turnaround miracles. Mm -hmm. And you see that in terms of recovery all the time at your ministry. Well, and we love that because they actually do find true freedom Mm -hmm. uh, where honestly, I think you could put their drug of choice in front of them and they would not even be the least bit tempted. Now that to me is freedom. That's absolutely freedom. And so why do you have to fight that the rest of your life? Right. Because as Christian believers, right, those of us that haven't had addiction, we don't wake up and struggle with something every single day. So why should Jesse? Right. Right. Um, I just think, but if we say that and then people believe that, that's a false belief. And that's part of what you're talking about, the false belief. Now you're at Blue Monarch. So what is it like for you? How far are you into the program, Jesse? Well, I just graduated residential, which is 18 to 24 month program. Congratulations. Um, thank you. And now I'm in the WINGS program, which is another year. And I'm excited to say I'm supposed to be starting school, starting next month um, for social work. And then- You're gonna become a social worker. Yes. Well, congratulations for that. So what is what is WINGS like? Well, it's actually the first time that me and my kids have ever been together in our own house, like without someone else being there, like my parents or, you know, just, it's just finally healthy. So it's absolutely amazing and it's a blessing to be there. Yeah, and so, but you're there on the property, right? In a cottage that they have Mm -hmm. for you. So what is it like now to be, you know, you're in your right mind, you're a Christian, you're sober, you've got children and you're living in a space that's just yours? Well, to be honest, every time, you know, I'll think back to where I was and to where I am now and I'm like, this is Jesus, you know, Mm -hmm. it's absolutely wild. Like it's not wild, but it is God. And it's like my heart just overflows with gratitude each time I think about it because I wasn't supposed to be here. Yeah. And you're going to be a social worker. You're going to use, you know, what you've gone through in order to help and bring freedom to others. Yes. Get to see this every day. I'm glad you said (laughs) yes to God. I mean, I just think about it that you had no experience with recovery And God just gives you this amazing dream. Well, I really feel like the fact that I I knew nothing about recovery actually helped. Okay. Because I feel like God was able to give me a completely blank slate. And so he created Blue Monarch. And so I didn't start with any preconceived notions of how that should work or what that should look like. And so it's been an incredible thing because I feel like God put it together the way he yeah. knew it would work. Well, and you wouldn't have then those false beliefs about addiction or those expectations of like, this is what addicts are like, and they're always going to lie. And it's always going to be this. You really did start with that clean slate. Now you've really come up with something out of the blue granola. Mm-hmm. What is that? Well, we um, have a granola manufacturing business. Actually, uh, Jesse's our new kitchen manager. So that's a part of Blue Monarch. Yes. And so it provides job training and employment for the women while they're in the program. But one of the things that's really special for the buyer of the granola is that inside every bag is a photograph of one of the women who made it. And it has her special story of recovery on the back. 
So we have some people who collect those cards, almost like baseball cards. <laughs> and, so they're and, like freedom stories. Yes, uh, but it's, it's incredible because it really uh, provides so much encouragement for the women because we get random notes and letters and emails from people all over the country who buy our granola and they will address it to the woman in the bag. That is wonderful. I didn't know that. You brought me some granola as a gift, yes. so thank you. So I'll get to see those stories. Well, and sure. Your book that you wrote, Susan, is just so good. It's called From My Front Row Seat, and it's so inspirational. It's a collection of stories about her work alongside women in recovery, and I know that uh, you brought this today because you had given me one, and I loaned it to someone who was in a bad place, mm. and she didn't give it back and I didn't want to ask for it. I just wanted her to see that hope. As long as we're breathing and if we'll trust Christ, there's always hope. Recovery's possible. We don't always have to live in bondage. Right. And that's really so much a part of your message, isn't it? That's right. It's never too late. It's never too late. <laughs> yeah. It's never too late. So kitchen manager. So what, what does that mean and what does your life look like now? Well, it's super exciting for me just because I took on that role, um, just making sure that the time's being used, you know, efficiency, um, and really the production of the entire uh, granola kitchen. So that is, it's super exciting for mm -hmm. me. How did you come up with the idea of granola? Well, I used to have a restaurant. I, I ran my restaurant and Blue Monarch together at the same time for about nine years, which was crazy. You should not <laughs> run a restaurant in your spare time. And Blue Monarch was always at the top of priority. Um, well, I but, heard Shakia say that you're a good cook. So, Well, I didn't start out that way. Okay. When I started my restaurant, I didn't know how to cook at all, oh. which is, that's a whole other story. You know, God really does remarkable things with yes. you. For a person to open a restaurant and they don't cook, no, I and then you, you start the monarch, founder and president, you know nothing about recovery. I know, maybe I'll be a brain surgeon next. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, and actually what happened is that our restaurant had started making granola, and the granola had just completely taken over. Like I took it to a Pick Tennessee products trade show and just to see if people liked it. And I walked out with 14 customers, including Whole Foods. I was like, oh geez, now what do I do? You know, I, I saw that, like all these places that have the granola. Yeah. I mean, God has blessed that. Yeah. To well, be in Whole Foods. Yeah. Well, and several big grocery yeah. store chains. But so I kind of moved the granola down to a kitchen that I'd already set up at Blue Monarch to teach them how to bake by someone who knew how to bake, <laughs> not me. Oh, you brought someone else in. It wasn't you? <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, okay. It was not me. Although it didn't go so well. The baking didn't go so well. And so I had shut the kitchen down, and then I decided to just move the granola down there temporarily until we could figure out what to do. Well, it ended up being perfect because it was a perfect product, perfect, easier to ship, easier to make, and it provided really great jobs for them, mm -hmm. and they were able to pay off fines and buy a car and build a reference. And yeah, so, so you get to earn a salary. Yes, but so finally the Blue Monarch purchased the granola business gotcha. in 2015, so now it's under that umbrella. That's so, absolutely So we're wonderful. able to do jobs right there on site. That's amazing. Do you enjoy being a kitchen manager? Oh, yes. So for someone that might be right now, Jesse, just stuck and feeling like they can never be anything, what would you say to them? Well, I would say, you know, not just 
don't dwell in the past because that's not that's not what defines you. Yeah. You know, finding freedom in Christ is the key. Yep, it is. Well, we are all out of time. I want to thank you so much, Jesse, for coming today. And thank you, Susan. Thank you, Monica. And so good to have you guys. Stay tuned. Monica will be right back. Finding hope in today's life is not always easy. Bridges with Monica Schmelter is making it simple. You can now listen to podcast episodes on popular platforms like iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Life Audio, and more by searching for Monica Schmelter to find God's hope for your journey. Life can be hard and days can be long. So if you're looking for hope for the journey, monicaschmelter.com is a great place to get started. On monicaschmelter.com, you'll find Monica's teachings on demand. And if you're looking to really grow your faith, you'll find online extras are available with every teaching. So don't wait another day. Get started now at monicaschmelter.com and you will find hope for the journey. Well, we all probably know that God desires that we live in freedom. Yet, life in this broken world can really trip us up. Things like perfectionism, people-pleasing, more serious issues like addiction can really cause us to live in less than the freedom that God desires. So I put together for anyone who wants to try it, a seven-day freedom challenge. You can find that challenge at bridgeswithmonica.com. Now, the seven-day freedom challenge includes tools and resources like ways to healthier thought patterns, prayers that will help us along the freedom journey and different ideas on how to be a part of community and grow and build our faith and live in the freedom that God wants us to live in. Well, that's all the time I have for right now, but I will see you next time with more Hope for the Journey. Hi, I'm Beckett Cook, host of The Beckett Cook Show. I lived as a gay man in Hollywood for many, many years until I had a radical encounter with Jesus 13 years ago. Since then, I've gotten my master's degree in seminary and published a book called A Change of Affection. On my podcast, The Beckett Cook Show, I sit down with fascinating Christian scholars and thinkers to address the lies of the culture and bring the biblical truth to bear on those lies. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for The Becca Cook Show on your favorite podcasting platform.